And welcome back to another crossover episode. This is Locked on Chiefs and Locked on Seahawks. We are getting ready to talk about this crossover game uh, going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Used to be in the AFC West, no longer in the AFC West. Thank you for making Locked on Chiefs and Locked on Seahawks your first listen every day. Go check out another show, uh, maybe the Locked on NFL Draft Show. You might hear somebody over there that you know. With me today, I have Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks. Corbin, how are you doing today? I'm good trying to stay warm since this entire country <laughs> seems to be engulfed in cold weather and snow right now. <laughs> it seems like it seems like that is where we are definitely headed. Crossover Thursday today is presented by our friends at Price Picks. Price Picks is so much fun and easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projections, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than sixty seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love Price Picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com promo code Locked On. All right, Corbin. Big game for Kansas City and Seattle actually in this point. Uh, a lot different than I was expecting Seattle to go. What is the top story going into this week for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting storyline because at 7-7, seven and seven, that's still way better than most people thought the Seahawks were going to perform this year. And yet, it feels disappointing because they've lost four of their last five games. And three of those losses came at Lumen Field, which used to be one of the most hostile road environments in the NFL. And now teams are coming in and winning at ease. So home field advantage is just not what it used to be. And this team has been on the slide because their defense has not been able to stop the run consistently. They haven't been able to run the ball on offense. They've had backfield injuries. The offensive line has kind of regressed as the season has gone on. The two rookie tackles, it seems like they've hit a little bit of a rookie wall here late in the season. They've been pretty good most of the year. The one constant, though, even in the last couple of weeks when he's made more mistakes than we're used to just because – he has no support. Geno Smith continues to sling the rock, is putting up a 71-plus percent completion rate. That's really the only reason the Seahawks have been able to stay afloat for over a month is because Geno Smith has willed them back into games in spite of the fact he doesn't have a run game to compliment him. And the other side of the ball, they can't stop anybody running the football. I was a little surprised they held up as well as they did against the 49ers last week, but it has been a season-long problem for them trying to defend the run game. Yeah, as you look at this game coming up against Kansas City, and normally I would say that it's not a big deal if you can't stop the run, but considering the conditions that they're going to be playing in, that might play into a big factor into this game uh, because it's looking like it could be uh, negative degrees, uh, and I'm not exactly sure what the temperature is, but I saw negative is what they're expecting maybe for when this game kicks off, uh, at least negative wind chill at the very least. So that definitely is something to watch and something that could play into this game will definitely be something to be interested to see. When I look at Kansas City in this week, and I look at what their biggest storyline is, right now they are getting healthier. They are getting guys back. Michael Hardman looks like he's probably coming back this week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, while not coming back this week, looks like he's getting closer. Uh, sounds like they could be bringing back Blake Bell from IR. Uh, not a huge ad for Kansas City, but definitely a guy that they like and something somebody that they can get involved in the offense in different ways. And then you really look at what they're really chasing right now. And the biggest storyline for them is can they continue to keep pace with the Buffalo Bills? They have to keep the pressure on with Buffalo. They are one game back right now or half a game back because Buffalo has a win over them. Buffalo has one more game that I think that they possibly could lose. Uh, and that's against Cincinnati. I believe that's next week. So that's going to be something to watch. But 
Kansas City needs this game and needs to win out to have a chance at the number one seed. And right now, that's the biggest storyline that we have for them. Yeah, I think you just look at this game for different reasons. Seattle's just trying to stay alive in the NFC playoff race. And I don't think anybody thought at this stage of the season that they were going to be doing that. But when you start six and three and then fall back to seven and seven, like I said, it's been a little bit disappointing for fans, even though it kind of is one of those regression to the mean type things. And, and there's a lot of holes on this football team. And yet they still have a way to back into the playoffs, but they're going to have to win games. And they haven't been able to get that done lately. And as for Kansas City, you know, like you said, they've still got the number one seed out in front of them. So they got plenty to play for. The Seahawks should not be expecting Kansas City's going to be like, you know what? We've got the AFC West title wrapped up. Let's just coast through this game. I expect Patrick Mahomes and company, they're going to be coming out treating this like a playoff game because they're pursuing that number one seed, just as the Seahawks should be doing, just trying to make the postseason. There is a lot at stake for this matchup on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me, and I'm glad you put it, you know, all the stuff that Seattle has going on for it in this game, Kansas City does too with the number one seed, obviously. The other thing that I really like going into this game is you're in a situation where you could be seeing Kansas City, how they're going to be playing in the playoffs if they have to play outside. Obviously, if they host, it's probably going to be cold in Kansas City. If they have to go to Buffalo, it'll be a different issue. So we'll have to see how that's going to play out, and uh, we'll just have to see how this goes. All right, let's go ahead. When we get back, we're going to talk about some key matchups going into this game and how that is going to shake out. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Audible. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you're going to be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, the league is an eight-part docu-series about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Each story offers part equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. All right, let's go ahead and start talking matchups. This is going to be something, and I will say this, and I should have said this in the before the first break. I will admit I never expected Geno Smith to do what he's done this year. I'm very curious to see how he plays in this game because – you're absolutely right. If they win out, they have a great chance of going to the playoffs. They probably will go to the playoffs if they win out. But this is going to be a tough test for them. Yeah, it's going to be. And I think when we start looking at matchups for the Seahawks on offense, they are missing a very key player on the outside that doesn't miss games very often. And that's Tyler Lockett. He missed two games in his first seven NFL seasons. And you don't see very many five foot ten, 180 pound receivers that are that durable. But Tyler Lockett has been a beacon of durability and reliability. The guy every year goes out and gets you 80-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards, and he's almost to that point now. But he broke a bone in his left hand against the 49ers last Thursday night towards the end of the game. He just had surgery on Monday. Pete Carroll seems to think he's got a very good chance to play next week against the New York Jets, but he will not be on the field against Kansas City in a game where you're playing a team with a very explosive offense that's not exactly a good situation for the Seahawks to be missing one of their best players on the outside, a player that Geno Smith has trusted in all season long, as he should. A highlight reel waiting to happen, Tyler Lockett is. And so that's going to be a big loss for them. I'm curious to see 
what the offensive line can do in this game, though, because San Francisco, their defensive line gets all kinds of pub, and they should with Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, some of the other good players they have. But I think Kansas City has arguably a better defensive line than what the 49ers do when you're looking across the board. Chris Jones scares the living daylights out of me going into this game, (laughs) especially if he's going against Austin Blythe, who Chief fans know as being a reserve center for you guys last year. He has not been able to get anything done in the run game. He's been solid in pass protection this year. Just solid. Not great, but not bad. Run blocking has been atrocious, though. And under 300 pounds, he just hasn't been able to get the job done. If the Chiefs move Chris Jones over on top of him, that is going to be a major problem for the Seattle Seahawks. Their guards have been okay, not great. It's still going to be an advantage for Chris Jones. And then even on the outside, Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark, two former Seahawks, they're going to be looking to get theirs against their former team. And the tackles have not been playing as well. Again, I think that Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross have kind of hit a rookie wall. So I, you know, I usually try to look at specific positions, but I'm going entire offensive line here because I'm extremely worried. Are you going to be able to give Geno Smith time to throw the football? Are you going to be able to open any running lanes up against that vicious front? If you can't do either one of those things playing in a nasty road environment when it's negative degrees at that. Uh, This has a chance to be a very difficult game for Geno Smith. As great as he's played, there's no quarterback in the NFL that can get the job done if they don't have path protection in front of them. So I'm really concerned about that matchup, that Kansas City defensive line as a whole, getting after Geno Smith and suffocating this run game that, quite frankly, has been AWOL for more than a month. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up because the question I have going into this game and one of the things that we have to look at when I say the Chiefs getting healthier, they've had an illness that's hit their team and they've had several players that are missing practice because of it. Chris Jones played through it last week but did not look like himself uh, playing against the Houston Texans. He just looked like he was a normal guy as opposed to the dominating force that he normally is. I expect that he's going to be back closer to 100%. It sounds like he practiced, I think, on full in full on Thursday, so that's a positive sign, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, so that's a positive sign for his availability this weekend and for him to be 100%. If he is able to play, I'm really going to be interested to see that matchup with Austin Blythe. I think you've got a great point. That's going to be a lot of fun for Chiefs fans to watch, probably not for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and, you know, we start talking about the weather and whether or not there's going to be snow on the ground, and all of that's kind of up in the air right now. We think that there's probably going to be snow Field could be pretty clear. I don't think it's supposed to be snowing at the time that the game goes on, but it's still supposed to be very, very cold. That means you need to have a running game, and if the Seahawks don't have a running game, that's going to be something to be interested to see. I'm really curious to see what Kansas City does with a guy like DK Metcalf, and it's not necessarily that I'm supremely worried that he's going to destroy this team because I think they have solid options that can play against him, but they struggled against Mike Williams and Mike Williams isn't DK Metcalf They're, I mean, they're body wise. They're maybe a little bit similar, but they're not the same player. Uh, they are going to struggle with the guy that has the size that DK Metcalf has. And that's going to be a problem. I'm very curious to see what Kansas City does on defense when they're trying to go against the Seattle offense. Offensively, I really want to see what they do with a guy like Kadarius Tony and how they get some of the rest of the offense involved in this game that hasn't really been involved in the game over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, McCole Hardman's been out with, uh, on IR. I do think he's back for this game. How do they get him involved? 
uh, in a cold weather game, are you going to do more of what they've kind of been doing with Sky Moore and handing the ball off to a guy like McCall Hartman and Tony, uh, trying to just get them open in space and give them the ability to do it without really having to throw the ball? That's going to be something that I'm going to have an eye on on, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm worried about the jet sweep game because the Rams, with all the injuries that they have a few weeks ago, that's the only win the Seahawks have had in the last five games, but they barely hung on for that one because Sean McVay was able to scheme up some of those jet motion sweeps and the Rams had great success doing it. Now, the last couple of games, Seattle has played better against those concepts. And so maybe they've learned their lesson from that game. Sean McVay always seems to have their number with those plays every time they get together. But Kansas City, with the speed they've got at receiver, especially Tony, a player that they brought in via trade, uh, they've got enough speed on the outside that that is something that is concerning. At the same time, I actually have confidence in Seattle's cornerbacks being able to handle Kansas City's receivers. And when you're dealing with a quarterback of Patrick Mahomes' stature, sometimes it doesn't matter because he's able to get the job done anyway. But Tariq Wolin's been fantastic, other than a few little miscues in coverage. He gave up a long touchdown, not doing his cover three responsibilities last week. But otherwise, he's been really, in my opinion, the defensive rookie of the year. With all the turnovers that he's been able to create, he's been a monster on the outside. Mike Jackson definitely hasn't looked like solid. definitely hasn't looked like a rookie. I'm sorry, no, he, has, he hasn't looked like say. a fifth round pick either. I mean, he has, no. he's been fantastic, and Mike Jackson yeah. has been a solid starter for them at the other corner spot. Kobe Bryant, another rookie that's been pretty good in the slot. I feel confident in those guys. The issue becomes when you're playing a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, can you get pressure on him? Because if he's got time to throw, it doesn't matter how good your secondary is. He is going to rip right. you apart. And I look at the tech at the tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they both have got decent grades from Pro Football Focus. The games I've watched, there's been a fair amount of pressure, though, off the edge. So can Uchenna Nuosu, who knows the Chiefs well from his time with the Chargers, can he get some pressure on Mahomes? Can Daryl Taylor show up? He's been so hit and miss this year. Boye Mafe, the elder statesman Bruce Irvin, can they find a way to get some edge rush and create some instant pressure in the cold? I think if they're able to do that with the secondary that they have, Quandre Diggs and Ryan Neal being the safeties as well, they've got some talent in that back half of the defense. If you can get a pass rush and maybe speed up that clock a little bit for Patrick Mahomes, he still occasionally will trust his arm a little more than he should, and he will un occasionally uncork a wild pass. The Seahawks are going to have to be able to create turnovers to have a chance to win this game, and that's something that's gotten away from them the last few games, in part because the pass rush just hasn't been there very much. If they can get some rush off the edge on Mahomes, it's going to dramatically improve their chances of at least hanging in this game. I don't know if it helps them win it, but at least puts them in a position where maybe they're able to potentially pull a road upset. Yeah, and I think that's going to be something to, that's going to be interesting to watch. I think Chiefs fans will tell you that they're really frustrated with the tackle play, uh, and I get it. I mean, Brown and Wiley have both allowed way too much pressure at times this season. Uh, if they are allowing a lot of pressure in this game, that could get uh, in a situation where this game could get away from Kansas City. And I will say this, you know, I looked at this schedule four or five weeks ago, and you know, before, or I guess it would have been right after the Bengals game uh, or right before the Bengals game and thought, okay, there's two games really that I'd be worried about in the rest of the season. It was the Bengals and it was the Seahawks. The Seahawks team is a better team than I think anybody ever gave them credit for to start the season. They've been playing very well. The question that I have is is really going to be the other matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing is what does Seattle do with what they've seen on film from Kansas City the past couple of weeks? Because if you go back and watch the film against the Chiefs, 
it's always attacking the middle of the field, attacking the linebackers in pass coverage. That has been something that has been the Achilles heel of this defense. And until they get it figured out, they're going to struggle on defense going up against teams that can throw the ball to the tight end, that can throw the ball to the running backs, and can take advantage of the middle of the field. So I'm going to be curious to see if that's an area Seattle tries to attack and how Kansas City addresses that. Yeah, Seattle's got three very good tight ends. The issue has been that the coordinator, Shane Waldron, for whatever reason, has been hesitant to really make them the focus of their game plan recently. I think that has been part of the reason that they've struggled at times on offense. You've got Noah Fant. You've got Kobe Parkinson. You've got Will Disley. They're all capable of doing damage. They're all slightly different skill sets, too. When they've ran two and three tight end sets and they've focused on those guys in the passing game, this offense has been very difficult to stop. So the Chiefs have had their issues. The Texans were able to attack them a little bit in the middle of the field. I can tell you the Seahawks, even without Tyler Lockett, have a lot more weapons to deal with than what the Houston Texans did. And so maybe that gives Seahawks fans a little bit of hope going into this game if they decide to make that a part of the game plan and attack those linebackers in coverage in the middle. That may be where Geno Smith is able to make some money in this football game as he heads towards free agency. We're going to get to some keys to victory coming up next here on our crossover. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive, when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. All right, let's get to the keys to victory here. We've got this big matchup on Christmas Eve. The Seahawks just barely clinging on to their playoff hopes right now at 7-7, seven and seven, looking for a big win. The Chiefs still trying to go after the number one seed, so they've got plenty to play for in the AFC as well. Going to flip it over to you, Chris. Looking at the Chiefs in this game, what are some keys to getting the victory, especially when you consider that the weather is potentially going to wreak havoc in this football game as well? I think one of the biggest keys to victory is holding on to the ball. Kansas City, I think, has I think it's nine straight games now where they turn all over the ball once. They cannot do they cannot continue to do that. They have to get over turning the ball over. And obviously you want to win the win the turnover battle. The easiest way to win the turnover battle is to not turn the ball over at all. Uh, because this team is also very bad about taking the ball away from other play from other teams. So uh my biggest key to victory for Kansas City, don't turn the ball over, don't give Seattle an opportunity to score. Uh, a touchdown or, or put points on the board on a short field or at all, period. Uh, do whatever you can, you know, use field position and, and try to keep them, make it long drives. Uh, the Chiefs defense usually is pretty good when they're having to go the length of the field. They can get a stop at some point. So 
to me, my, the biggest key is don't turn the ball over. The second biggest key is get Isaiah Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon running and maybe even Ronald Jones in this game. Maybe you use a three-headed monster and you give each of them 10 or 15 carries because it's going to be cold and it is going to be something where the offensive line is going to want to run block and they have the ability to do that. I think that this is a game where maybe if they run the ball you know, 30 times, they're going to be in a position where they should be able to win it. Yeah, that's something that I worry about with every opponent because basically I've been making this joke for several weeks, but it's not really a joke. I mean, if you have a pulse and you're in the backfield, you can probably run for 100 yards against the Seahawks defense. And that's how poor they've been playing the last few weeks. But they did step up against San Francisco, who's got one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. So maybe that was a turning point. Pete Carroll seems to think that it was, even though they lost that game. There were a lot of positive developments in that game that he feels are going to carry over to these last three games get this team back over the hump. You mentioned the turnovers. Uh, this really is, to me, going to be the key in this game because when Seattle was off to a 6-3 and three start, part of the reason they were able to do it is because they were creating a ton of turnovers, and that has regressed back to the mean here over the last four or five games. They haven't been able to create those same amount of turnovers. If they can find a way, as I mentioned earlier, to get a little bit of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, maybe force him into an ill-advised throw, get one of the running backs to fumble. The Chiefs have had some issues with that as of late. If you can get the ball on the turf and get some short field, Geno Smith has made opponents pay when the Seahawks have been able to do that this year. and They just haven't been able to make those stops on defense the last four or five games. So I think that's going to be big. And on the offensive side of the ball, the Chiefs statistically have been solid against the run. But when you're dealing with negative temperatures, you have got to find a way to run the football. And this team has not been able to do it for over a month. I think Ken Walker III is going to be able to play. I think they're going to be cautious with him during the practice week, make sure that he's ready to go. But he's going to play in this game. And they're going to have DJ Dallas potentially back. Travis Homer's still there. And they can mix in a few of their receivers in the run game as well. They've got enough people to get the job done with the skilled positions but I, you know, this is me calling out Shane Waldron. Get under center more. I don't know why they have gotten away from that the last couple of games, but they were in shotgun more than 80% of their plays against the 49ers. And I felt like that was waving a white flag. Like, why are you not running the football more under center? And they had 20 yards on two carries when they ran the ball under center. Very small sample size, but they actually had success doing it. And then they just didn't do it anymore. And so I feel like that is a key in this game, especially with the aggressive, penetrating style of these defensive linemen for the Chiefs. Get under center, run the football, try to control the line of scrimmage a little bit, something you haven't been able to do. That takes some pressure off Geno Smith. It takes some pressure off that pass rush so they can't pin their ears back as much. And I think that is going to be crucial in this game. So I, there's been other games I've said this, but more so in this matchup than any other with the elements who you're playing against, You've got to have a balanced offense, and you've got to be able to run the football. And if it's not working early, don't give up on it. Don't abandon it and just throw everything on Geno Smith. He's been a great quarterback this year, but you can't ask him to be 95% of the offense, especially against a team like the Chiefs. They've got to be able to run the football. If they can't do that, this game could get ugly. If they can run the ball, Seattle might be able to pull an upset. It's that big of a deal, in my opinion. Well, and what you're talking about is you're in a situation where you – I just looked at the weather because I was curious. We've been talking about this whole show, and I know I've seen negative degrees. Right now, I'm seeing it's supposed to be five around kickoff, five degrees, but the feel is negative eleven. So, may as well be, may as well be negative uh, temperatures the entire game. 
And in that scenario, you're absolutely right. You have to be able to run the ball because it is going to be a lot harder to catch the ball. It's going to be a lot harder to throw the ball. It's all going to be harder to move the ball. I do not expect this to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Kansas City and Seattle a couple of weeks ago, uh, without the weather, maybe it would have been a high-scoring game in my mind. But with the way the weather is going to stack out, I could see this being a ground and pound on both sides because that's really what you're going to need to be able to do. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a lot harder to throw and a lot harder to catch when it is negative 10 degrees. That is the feel for what the offensive players are going to be out there dealing with. Corbin, what is your guess in this game? How are you expecting to play out? So I'll dish out my score prediction on our Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks, but I'm just going to say this right now. I, I'm i not going to say the Seahawks can't win this game because I've seen them beat some good teams, and I know if yep. their run game is there that they are a formidable football team. But it's been so long since running a run D has been a tr- They haven't played a quarterback of Patrick Mahomes' caliber in quite some time either. They're playing in negative weather. I, I just – I look at this, all the different scenarios that are at play here, and I just find it hard to believe that this Seahawks team, especially the way they've been reeling as of late, I can't see this being a get-right game in any way, shape, or form. So I I think they're going to find a way to make it somewhat competitive because Pete Carroll is not going to let them roll over, and I don't think the players are going to roll over. But I just think the Chiefs are the more talented team, and there's a lot of things working in their favor going into this football game. They're playing for the number one seed. They're motivated. I I can't see the Seahawks winning this football game. You know, I look at this game, and I'll give my score prediction with Ryan on Friday's show. And I will say this, and I know anybody that's listened to me on Locked on Chiefs, you've heard me say this. You've heard Ryan say this. Uh, and this isn't a, uh, anything against Seattle because I think Seattle's a better team than a lot of people ever have given them credit for. But Kansas City has a tendency lately to play down to the level of competition. They had to go to overtime to beat the Houston Texans. That's a problem. You have to get to a point where you put bad teams away and you play to your level of competition at all times. Uh, my biggest fear in this game is Kansas City going out and beating themselves. And what I mean by that is turning the ball over. If they turn the ball over two or three times, this is easily a game that they can lose, uh, and it's not trying to be not trying to give any shade to Seattle at all. I think Seattle is more than capable of beating them, uh, especially if Kansas City gives them help. And that's my biggest fear in this game. I still think Kansas City wins, uh, but that's going to be what I'm going to be watching for: is how this team responds and how they attack, knowing that they still have an opportunity to get the number one seed in the AFC. This might be a opponent that actually matches up well against the Seahawks from a Seahawks perspective, though because their pass defense has actually been pretty solid this year with that secondary that they've got. Now, Kansas City can run the ball. That's going to be the key. If Kansas City is able to run the football, as you mentioned, uh, that's really going to put a lot of pressure on this defense, and then the secondary is going to be in trouble. Play action off of the run game. So, yeah, there's concerns there. I can see what your point is, though, as well. I watched that entire Chiefs-Texans game with the Seahawks not playing this weekend, and I thought, man, they look human today. They look ordinary. Now, will they look like that in this game? Who knows? But if they play like that again, Seattle can win this football game because Seattle is a much better team than the Houston Texans, and you know they're going to scrap, they're going to fight. But if the Chiefs play like they're capable of, I still think this is a game that leans heavily towards Kansas City at home with the elements, the injuries Seattle's dealing with. It's just hard for me to envision this being a get-right game for them. Yeah, and, and definitely at home, I think, helps Kansas City in this weather or in this game because I think that the crowd is going to be into it. Although 
with the temperatures going to be what they're going to be. We'll see how much of a factor the crowd is in this game. I would expect they're still going to have quite the stadium there. Thank you so much, Corbin. Really enjoyed this crossover episode. Locked on Chiefs, Locked on Seahawks. You can hear a lot more from Locked on Seahawks and go check out Corbin on Locked on Seahawks. Go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, get a lot more information on that and this team that the Chiefs are going to be playing on Saturday. I'm still kind of, it's different to me thinking they're playing on Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, <laughs> kind of throwing me off a little bit because they already have a couple of practices in and it's Wednesday and normally they don't. But I'm ready for the game. I'm ready for it to, to happen. And uh, everybody stay warm and, and try to stay you know, safe, I guess, over the next couple of days, considering all everybody's dealing with this freezing cold that's going through the entire U.S. Yep, eight inches of snow in Seattle. Yeah, it's going everywhere. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Everybody stay inside, hunker down, stay warm. If you are going to the game, make sure you've got three or four jackets on it. Please don't go to a bank before the game. <laughs> yes, please don't. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>